if you stop running, the sweat's going to go in your eye. I'm not going to lie. This isn't like going to stop all sweat from ever going in your eye. But as long as you keep moving and you keep running, usually I rarely have sweat that goes into my eye. So if you've ever had sweat in your eye and you've been stung by the sweat, and the other thing is if it stings a lot, then that means you are a salty sweater. So going back to what we talked about earlier, um, finding out if you're a salty sweater and needing to replenish with sodium. Um, if it super stings your eye every time you sweat, when it goes into your eye, then that means you are a salty sweater. Are you constantly worried about getting injured or you don't know how to get faster as a runner and you want to continue to run for stress relief, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, the only place that provides you with training tips, injury recovery, and prevention tools with actionable strategies by experts in the running industry so you can develop a stronger running body and feel confident that you can overcome any obstacle as a runner. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid runner, running physical therapist and coach, educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you've been told to stop running with an injury or you think coaching is just for fast runners. Learn more about our signature coaching program at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Every week on the show, we coach you to grow as a runner, just like the process of building a strong, durable home that will last a lifetime requiring little maintenance. The design and planning is your mindset. The foundation is your strength training. The framing is your run plan. The electrical and plumbing is your nutrition. The insulation, drywall, and flooring is your recovery. The landscaping and exterior is your race strategy. If you master the six parts of growing as a runner, your running will be strong and last long, hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Every week, we help a runner just like you build their dream home. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. the heat five must know tips for running in hot and humid weather it is the dog days of summer and we are currently running through the hottest part of the year and i wanted to help you conquer running outside in the summer are you wondering how do you prepare for running in hot weather or do you continue to train for your marathon in these hot and humid conditions I just got back from a three-week road trip, traveling down the East Coast from Connecticut in the Northeast, making my way all the way down to South Florida, and I didn't miss one of my runs that my coach had planned for me during this time period while I am gearing up for the Cape Cod Marathon, and all of my runs were in heat and humidity, so I wanted to share five must-know tips for running in hot and humid weather so you can beat the heat the rest of this summer and crush your fall race. And if you stick around long enough, I'm going to share with you one hack for keeping your core body temperature cool during your long runs so you don't bonk in the summer heat. Now, the keys to success for running in heat is knowing the difference between temperature dew point, and humidity, as well as what to wear for your summer runs. I had the pleasure to interview Stephanie Blosey from Fleet Feet, 
in West Hartford here in Connecticut all the way back in episode 27 on the podcast. And Steph shared why it is so hard to run in the heat. Is it dangerous to run in extreme heat? What are the benefits of running in hot weather? How do you prepare to run in hot weather? And what do you wear to run in these hot conditions? So this was a really fun interview with Stephanie, who was actually a former meteorologist before she went into kind of the running space. And she added like so much humor, education, and she even tried to stump the host. So you can click the link in the show notes to get that educational episode or just scroll to episode 27 on the podcast. Um, And the one key metric that I really learned and took away from that episode that really started me to track on my weather app versus just looking at temperature or just looking at humidity was looking at the dew point. And that's what I learned you know, from Steph. And these past three weeks that I went from Connecticut, where the dew point was about probably low 60s, mid 60s, 65, 68 degrees um, before I left around the 4th of July, it actually increased as I went down south. And I've been running in some really high dew point weather these last three weeks, hence why I wanted to jump on here and share these tips with you. So, The first um, part of our stop was actually a family vacation um, with my cousin, his family, our godchildren um, in Outer Banks, North Carolina, which actually I'm going to give a shout out to one of the listeners from this podcast that I randomly ran into while I was running down the road in Outer Banks. It was like so nice to meet you. And uh, that was pretty cool to actually run into a podcast listener while I was in on vacation in the Outer Banks. But the dew point in the Outer Banks was 74 degrees which I will um, provide some context here, guys. So when we're looking at dew point, and this was like helpful for me, let me just kind of give you the ranges, right? Let's go from like most, like very comfortable. um, Let's start at 50 to 54 degree dew point is very comfortable. These are PR conditions. This is like what you want for your fall half marathon or your fall marathon, right? 50 to 54 degrees dew point. 55 to 59 feels comfortable and harder efforts likely not affected. So if your race, it's 55 to 59 degree dew point, you know, don't freak out about that whatsoever. Um, It's probably not going to be affected. If it's 60, now we're getting above 60, 60 to 64 degrees, how it feels for you is slightly uncomfortable when you're running. And usually you can expect race times to be slower at this point. All right. So the 60 is not ideal for races, not the worst case scenario. When we get to 65 to 69 degrees, this feels moderately uncomfortable and you can expect hard efforts to feel more difficult. So if you have that track workout, right, you're doing intervals or that tempo run, or you have a long run with some marathon paced miles in there, this is going to be uncomfortable for you. And, you know, expect those harder efforts to feel more difficult. 70 to 74 degree dew point feels very uncomfortable while we're running out there. And how do you adjust to this is you want to expect your pace to suffer greatly. Greater than 75 degree dew point. This feels extremely uncomfortable. And it did when I was in South Florida there. And how do you adjust to this is you either skip 
or dramatically alter your expectations. And I'm going to get into like what that looks like, but hopefully that was helpful for you to provide this framework in when you're looking at your weather app, looking at the dew point. And for me, you know, anything in the seventies is like, all right, this is going to really be difficult. I need to adjust my expectations. Um, again, in the upper sixties, it's going to feel moderately uncomfortable. So, you know, your hard efforts are going to feel really difficult. So hopefully that's helpful for you. But as I went from Outer Banks, I really haven't run in high humid dew point weather in Connecticut in the beginning of summer, all of June, beginning of July. It was like mild, honestly, compared to previous years. So this was really my first taste of running in hot weather, honestly. And it was 74 degree dew point in Outer Banks. Love my runs around the Wright Brothers uh, Museum. There's actually a nice little trail that goes behind there for those who are going to run in the Outer Banks. And then you can follow that all along on the bay side of the Outer Banks, which was really cool because it was a nice sidewalk. That's where I got my long run in um, that day. So that worked out really well for me to get my long run in in the Outer Banks, as opposed to what I did two years ago, which was just run on that main strip near the beach. And you're just like baking on the pavement. Like there's zero shade whatsoever. You're having to worry about cars. Um, I enjoyed this long run a lot better. So we were in Kill Devil Hills near Nags Head. So if you can run to the museum, it's a nice little national park there. You can run all around the national park and then you can run through the back of it. There's like a bike path and there's some shade. And then, like I said, you can run through all the way down, um, you know, through the neighborhoods, there's some shade and that was great for a long run. Didn't have to worry about any cars. So just a little tip there, FYI, if you're running in the outer banks. And then what happened is my daughter actually had an all-star volleyball tournament down in South Florida. So my wife and daughter had to fly back up to Connecticut for the practice, but my older daughter, Olivia and I had to take the car down. So we were like, as opposed to just driving from Outer Banks to Florida, we decided to actually stop off in Savannah, Georgia, which was such a beautiful city, by the way. If anyone's around the Savannah area, I loved running in your city. It was just gorgeous. The trees, the oak trees, oh my goodness, and the Spanish moss like hanging everywhere. However, it was freaking humid. I'm not going to lie. So the dew point there was like 76 degrees. So it increased a little bit. I did a nice little like speed workout tempo run around Forest Park there with a nice fountain. Um, it was hard as heck though. I'm not going to lie. I did have to adjust my effort a little bit. Um, and then we went to Fort Lauderdale region, uh, stayed with friends of ours in Delray Beach. And all around that area, it was 79 to 81 degree dew point. And this was like crazy for me because going out for an easy run, literally look like I just jumped in a pool with my running clothes on. And the wildest thing, uh, besides the clothes being sopping wet and just, you know, sweat dripping off of you, um, was the sneakers, right? Like your running shoes, actually, by the end of your run, it's almost like you went for a run in pouring rain. They are soaked just from like the moisture in the air. So I had to do my little trick and hack of put the newspaper in my shoes after my runs to help absorb the moisture out of the shoes after each of the runs, even though none of them were actually running through rain. So that kind of just like enlightened my mind to like the dew point and the humidity, the moisture in the air. Um, and that was like clear evidence. And then I went 
we started making our way back up north from South Florida to Greenville, South Carolina, where my uncle lives. And luckily, that's inland more, a little higher elevation. So the dew point was a lot less. It was like 70 degrees, maybe upper 60s there. Um, you know, it was hot and sunny, and it was 90 degrees uh, during the daytime. But those runs felt so much easier than when I was in Outer Banks, Savannah, or Fort Lauderdale. And then as I made my way back up north, we stopped over uh, for one night, pretty much like 12 hours in Aberdeen, Maryland, uh, just to get out of the car, sleep in a hotel, and then, you know, drive from there to Connecticut to not make like a 15 hour road trip. Um, and unfortunately, even though usually Maryland isn't too bad, uh, there was a warm front uh, coming through and it was extremely hot and humid for that run where it was 75 degree dew point um, for that run, which, uh, yeah, was definitely uncomfortable. I needed to adjust um, a little bit with my expectations and the hack that I'm going to share with you was like clutch it was key for getting through um, that long run with some faster paced marathon pace miles in there. Um, so to hopefully the dew point kind of provides you context. Again, listen to episode 27 with Steph to give you a little bit more context. And if you've been listening to this podcast or YouTube channel for a while, you know we help you grow as a runner in your running journey with our Spark Healthy Runner six-step plan. Personally, I know how hard it is to grow as a runner. It's taken me 12 years to come up with the six-step framework. Um, there are six parts to your running journey that need to be optimized so you can run strong and last long. What are those parts? One is mindset, two is strength training, three is run plan, four is nutrition, five is recovery, and six is your race strategy. And when you execute those six parts of your running journey, you're not only going to feel more confident, but you're going to get stronger and faster. And you're going to also stay healthy and enjoy the process of running again, and then crush some races along the way. So you can download your free copy of the ebook that outlines all of those six steps to growing as a runner by simply going to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash grow or just click the link in the show notes wherever you're watching this. And for context of today's episode, using our six-step framework to growing as a runner, these five tips for running in heat and humidity really belong in the recovery bucket because it's gonna really help us recovery um, for future runs. The running bucket, because we actually need to prepare for our runs, and then also the nutrition bucket. So that's really to provide context with our framework, with what we've talked about, and you've listened to other videos and other episodes. This episode is powered by UCAN, fuel smarter during a run with the best no sugar energy gel on the market, delivering up to 75 minutes plus of steady energy to power your best running performance. If you've been listening to this podcast and you know how important it is to fuel your body for your runs, especially those long runs and races. And one of the biggest questions we get from our athletes is, what should I take with me during a run in order to get that fuel in? And our Healthy Runner coaching team and I have been using UCAN Energy Gels for all of our long runs and races since it launched over a year ago now. We recommend it to all our athletes because it's not made up of sugar, which means it's easy on the stomach, especially for those of you who haven't responded to other gels. 
the other thing I love about it is the consistency is not thick like its competitors. So it goes down nice and easy, especially when you're running at a hard effort or it's really hot outside. And the other thing is it tastes amazing. So my personal favorite flavor is the strawberry banana um, with pineapple finishing in a close second. However, the most important reason that we recommend it to our athletes and I use it myself to power my runs is because it provides that long lasting energy that we need in order to crush that long run or race. So now that you're a part of our Healthy Runner community, you will get 20% off all your orders using the special link I have in the show notes. Just go to youcan.co, that's .co, not .com, forward slash healthy runner and use the code healthy runner during checkout when placing your order to get your 20% off go ahead and give you can energy gel a try for your next long run trust me you won't regret it so let's get into these five essential tips to really beat the heat and conquer heat and humidity tip number one is you gotta stay salty all right Sodium or salt is one of the most important electrolytes we lose when we run, and this is all lost through our sweat, right? You can get real fancy with a you know sweat test, find out if you're a salty sweater or not. If you don't want to take those steps in general terms here, most of us, especially in heat and humidity, are going to lose some form of electrolytes. Depends how long you're out there, how hot it is right? And if you are a salty sweater, if you've ever had that race and you're new in your running journey, you run a half marathon, a marathon, and you see white crystals all over your skin, that is salt that is being lost through your sweat. So that would be, you are a salty sweater. You need to replenish that with sodium and other electrolytes. Like I said, the most important one, besides potassium, magnesium is sodium for us as runners. And you need to get this in before your runs, during your runs and after your runs. So not only after, not only during, because I usually see both of those for most runners, they either do it during their run or they only do it after their run. But you need to do it before as well, especially those long runs. And before meaning like the evening before and the morning before you go out for a run. So for me, I use my UCAN Hydrate before my runs, um, with my amino company, essential amino acids that I've talked about many times on the show before. Um, and then I also use my hydrate during my run. I'll take it in my flask that I have on my vest. And one of those will have electrolytes in it. One of them will be filled with water. And then during the runs, what I take is base electrolyte salt as well. So this is, um, something that I came across last year. I shared this on, when I went through my marathon last fall and this is key. This is great because it goes right in this little thing and you just like flip it open while you're running. It's kind of gross if I thought it was kind of gross initially. And then now I just don't even care, but you just lick your thumb and you, you, you get a little bit of salt on your thumb and then you lick your thumb with the salt and then you can close it up. You got to make sure you close it where you hear the click, because if you don't, then you're going to have salt all over your shorts or your running belt, not that I'm speaking from personal experience or anything, but make sure you get the click. Uh, that's been super helpful for me. I've liked that a lot more than like some of the salt tabs that you see out there. It is a lot more concentrated and it is um, ingested right through sublingual versus going through your GI system. 
So if you guys haven't heard about that, they do not sponsor the podcast. Maybe they should. Um, if you work for Base Electrolyte Salt, uh, let's chat. Um, but that's been super helpful for me. I know Coach Whitney uses it as well. She's talked about that before on the show. And then you need to replenish after um, as well. So thinking about what you are drinking throughout the rest of the day, especially for your hard effort sessions and your long runs. And also, honestly, because I think, you know, general public wise, most people stay away from salt. Like I, I don't add salt to any of my food normally, and I've never had, um, to add salt, but I don't know, you might've gotten into running for health reasons to lose weight, maybe to lower your blood pressure, maintain cholesterol. And you've always been told like, stay away from salt. Like don't put salt on. However, if you are running long distances, marathon training, half marathon training, then don't be afraid to add the salt to that baked potato, the dinner before a long run. Like I do it all the time, um, definitely before races. And even I even add some of the base electrolyte salt um, on my baked potato the night before my uh, race as well. So don't be afraid to actually add salt and seek out those opportunities, especially if you don't have high blood pressure and you are running a lot and you're sweating a lot us as runners, we actually need to add the salt. It's all usually the other people in our population um, that are not running and they're already adding too much salt to all of what they are eating. So stay salty. Tip number one. Tip number two, uh, freeze your gels and put ice in your water bottles. So as opposed to just filling up your water bottles and just, you know, having water in your flask or you have a bladder or you have a handheld, whatever you're using for your water during your runs. And that's like the obvious thing. If you're not taking water with you during your runs in heat and humidity, even for shorter runs, um, you should be. So for me, I will maybe take a belt with a bottle um, for my shorter runs, but then I'm using my vest for my faster pace work because quite frankly, it's a lot quicker for me to just sip from the vest um, than it is to take the bottle out and then have to sip from there. And then I can also carry a little bit more in the flask that's in the front of my vest. And then um, that's going to be like, you want to make sure that you are taking water with you for your run. Put ice cubes in your water. That's going to help because once you start getting out there for those long runs, you're out there for an hour, two hours, like that water is going to be like super warm. The other nice thing, it keeps the cool, uh, the core body temperature down a little bit. If you put ice cubes on that vest, and for me, I use the flasks in the front of the body. So that ice is actually on your body, helping to keep it cool for a little bit. Um, eventually it's going to warm up. Eventually the ice is going to melt, but make sure you put ice in there. And then also for your gels, nice little tip here is freeze them. Put them in the freezer, take them out before you run. They're going to start to unfreeze like first couple of miles into your run. And that's what I do for my uh, UCAN um, energy gels. They work out great and they even taste a little better when they're colder versus like, you know, soupy hot uh, during the end of your long run. But freeze the gels that will help almost if you store them, you know, in your shorts, on your running belt, in your vest. Again, that's going to also help keep your core body temperature down during the beginning of your run when you're trying to keep that heart rate low and you're trying to prevent from getting overheated, right? And then it's also going to not be like boiling by the time you actually take your gel uh, during your run. So yeah, freeze your gels and put water or put ice in your water bottles. Tip number three, get out early 
go on effort and seek out shade. That's really three tips, but it's kind of tip number three for me because I keep these kind of all together. You got to get out early. There's no like dilly dallying. There's no like get up, have your coffee, go to the bathroom, read whatever you read, scroll on social media, finally start to get down on your foam roller and use these seven foam roller tips that I have on my YouTube channel and muscles that you should be foam rolling uh, before your runs. And you know, do your muscle activation, dynamic warm up, and then you're out the door. And now it's like 9am. And now we're getting to the heat of the day. Earlier, the better, right? Get out early, prioritize, especially for your long run, you got to prioritize this, get out as early as possible. Um, you, it, your body's going to thank you. All right, when we have heat and humidity, and seek out shade. So for us, you know, here in Connecticut, and I know many places throughout the U.S. have these kind of rails to trails that many communities have transferred over to paved, uh, you know, trails for walking, biking, running. Um, they're usually covered by shade and the majority of, you know, the routes and, um, you know, not all parts are shaded, but, you know, you will have shade in those areas and they're great for just seeking out some shade, some cooler pavement versus you being out there where there's zero shade and that sun is just baking the pavement in the summer. And then you add some heat and humidity to that. Then it's like a disaster waiting to happen. And I actually tried to do this while I was doing this destination run in random Aberdeen, Maryland that I stopped at. Um, and I was like researching, I like found a rail, the trail I was super pumped. And then like put it in, you know, my GPS and it was going to be like 40 minutes away. And I'm like, all right, I, how am I going to justify like driving 40 minutes to do this? Like over two hour long run just to drive 40 minutes back. Right. Uh, my family would be very hangry by that point for breakfast. So, you know, unfortunately I didn't find one that was close to me in Maryland, but for those of you that try to seek out shade. Like when I was in Maryland, and if you're in an area that you're unfamiliar with, I went out and drove my path. I was trying to go near the water. There was a nice little park, but unfortunately all the roads that led to it had zero shoulder, zero sidewalk. And I'm like, this is going to be super dangerous. I'm going to have to be worrying about cars. And I was doing a long run with faster paced miles in there. So I was doing like an 8k tempo run in the middle of my long run and alternating between like marathon pace, the marathon place plus 30 seconds. And I needed to like be focused. Right. And I need to be worrying about everything else around me or getting lost. And like, do I turn here? Do I not turn here? So I drove around to kind of scout out like what road can I be on for a long period of time? And I could just like get in this long run, but seek out shade. And then we need to go on effort, not pace. So I'm going to repeat that for those of you who are looking at your paces for your race, you used, you know, you've been doing everything that we've talked about in previous episodes. You've taken your, your current running fitness. What was your last half marathon for me? That was like my 140 um, half marathon, right? So now my marathon pace is around an eight minute pace, right? So I have that pace. It's like locked in. However, like you need to adjust. And I experienced this in Delray Beach. So we were staying with friends. I, I did a run from her house to the beach and then came back and boy, was I humbled. So this was 79 degree dew point. It was a four mile easy pace. And then I was doing 15 minutes at marathon pace, three minute recovery, 10 minutes at marathon pace, then a three minute recovery. And then 
five minutes at half marathon pace with a two minute recovery. And I'd repeat that two times. And then I did four easy miles after that. So that for me running in that heat and humidity was like next level from Outer Banks in North Carolina. If you remember the, the kind of the table I shared with you earlier on the interpretation of dew point, anything above 75 is like dangerous, consider like not going, modifying. Unfortunately, I didn't consider that uh, just because I honestly love running when I'm elsewhere. And destination, I think it's like the most efficient way to see like a new area, a city, if I'm going for conference or if I'm going for vacation. Um, here we were there for the volleyball tournament, but I, I just love exploring new areas, right? So I was going to go outside. I was not going to run on the treadmill, especially for a long run. And this was super hard. I definitely needed to adjust my paces to finish this run and not get heat stroke, honestly. Um but I really needed to keep in mind, like pace is not everything. And for example, like my paces for this run were plus 20 to 40 seconds, 47 seconds slower than what my coach designed for me during those intervals. So, you know, for my marathon pace, that's an eight minute pace, right? I was going literally 820s, 830s, 840s for some of those. And then the half marathon, once I got there, it was like really building up. I was like, I was hurting. <laughs> it was not fun. I, I haven't felt like that in a really long time, um, where I was getting really overheated and I needed to adjust my pace, my effort level. It definitely was creeping to like the eight or nine effort level during those half marathon paced intervals. Um, but you have to, you have to slow down. Like I slowed down and still felt that hard. That's how hard it was running in that dew point, right? So you want to live to see another day in your training block. And I was just honestly happy to be done with that one. As you know, like I said before, you know, your clothes are so heavy. They feel like, you know, like a 10 pound kettlebell on like your shorts or your like little tank top. Um, but you know, you, I want you to keep in mind, and Steph talked about this on episode 27, is your body is still getting in the physiological stimulus it needs from your run. And, you know, you need to keep training in mind um, and, and be smart during these harder runs. And it's still going to be helpful for race day. Like, even though my paces were slower, the effort was there. If anything, it exceeded a little bit of where honestly I should have been during those half marathon paced intervals, but it's still, I still got the physiologic benefits to my body that that run intended for. So don't get caught up in numbers is what I'm saying to you. I know we're like super type A as runners and we look at numbers and we like whole numbers and we like to make sure we hit our pieces. And, and trust me, like I just mentioned, I was on this like three week road trip. Like I didn't miss one run that my coach programmed for me on my calendar because I'm super type A. Like I need to get them in, but I also do love running when I'm elsewhere. And I, it's also the best way to start my day. Right. So I feel so much better when I do it. Um, but you have to adjust your pace is my main point. 
I hope you are enjoying this episode and it is providing value for you. I wanted to take a brief moment to share a story of a real runner like you who is struggling with a common problem that you may be facing. Here is one of our athletes who got the guidance, support, and accountability from our Healthy Runner coaching team to get clarity and structure on the six steps to growing as a runner with personalized strength, nutrition, and run plans. I hope their story inspires you that there is hope to either get over your running injury or to continue getting faster or running longer so you can continue to get in those mental clearing miles and enjoy your running journey again. Here is their inspiring story. Hi, my name is Sharon Aguilar and I live in McKinney, Texas. And I have been a runner for many years. I began running when I was in my 20s. And I took lots of breaks um, as I had children and as life and work and other stresses happened. And in the last two years, I really wanted to get stronger, to run a half marathon again. And it seemed that every time I upped my mileage, I would get severely injured, which was new for me. I went many decades of my life without injuries. Um, in the past two years, it just seemed like I couldn't get past uh, like 10 miles a week. And yet my goal was to run a half marathon again. So I hired Coach Duane with the Healthy Runner coaching program. And he helped me to finally get past that mark. Um, I decided to start training for a half marathon like specifically, like I picked the race in March and he had the best training program to help me to get there. Like um, my, my weekly mileage, upping it, um, all the parts that I felt like I would get injured at or that I would get setbacks at, he was right there to help me through those. Um, by the end of the program, I was running in the low 20 mile an hour weeks and my longest long run got up to 11 miles. And it really prepared me for the half. I ended up, I estimated that I was gonna finish pretty slow because a lot of my running at the, that he, the mileage he had me doing was just slow miles to stop me from getting injured. And, um, and I absolutely crushed my half marathon. I finished it in two hours and 35 minutes, which my previous self would have been very embarrassed to say that time, but my current self is very, very proud of that because I finished, I finished not injured. I finished with energy to spare. Like I kind of had this idea at the end, like I could have kept going, which I don't think I've ever experienced that at a half marathon. Um, and I felt great. So um, I, I'm really glad. I thank you, Coach Dwayne, for all of your help and all of the work. Um, before I started this training block, and the reason I chose him is because I had been diagnosed with proximal hamstring tendinopathy. Um, at the time that I hired him, I'd been, I'd had it for about nine months. In about two months of that, I hadn't had any symptoms. So I was really scared that once I started training for a half marathon, that those symptoms would all come back. And I can't tell you that they didn't. I did have, there would be times where we would increase runs and I would start to have little niggles and he always, you know, he had a plan for that and they would go away. So I finished, the, surprisingly, I finished the half marathon and during it, I didn't, even though the race I chose had a lot of hills, which um, if you've suffered from proximal hamstring tendinopathy, hills are not your friend. Um, but I was fine on the hills. I incorporated a lot of hills in my training so that I could get those aches and pains out of the way before race day and that the hills weren't a problem at all. Anyways, 
I just want to say thank you to Coach Dwayne. And I plan to continue with their strength training program. Now I'm going to move over to Coach Whitney, and she's going to help me to actually get faster. So hopefully you'll hear from me, hear from me again, and I'll tell you that I absolutely beat my, <laughs> my time from this half marathon. Anyways, thank you. I appreciate it. I hope sharing that story inspired you and provided you some hope. If you want the one-on-one structure, accountability, and support from our Healthy Runner coaching team of experts, check out the behind-the-scenes video tour of our signature coaching program you just heard about, including other stories from runners who are just like you and were struggling with the same sticking points before they signed up for our program. Just head to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com to learn more and book your strategy call with me today. Now let's get back into this episode. So tip number four, protect your skin and eyes with sunscreen, sunglasses, and a hat. So these are essential tools in your running toolkit, just like your reflective light up Knox gear vest um, are for those darker winter runs, right? A hat is going to keep the sweat from dripping in your eyes. It's going to protect your skin and protect top of your head for those of you who are losing some hair up there. Um, and it's also going to protect your face from the, the sun, but it also helps keep you cooler and it helps too much of the heat, the heat basically from like going in your body or the cool air from leaving your body. Um, so make sure sunglasses, hat, and your sunscreen, right? You don't want to forget those. You want to make sure you get those in. And now coming up next, I'm going to share with you my last tip and one hack that is just a must-do hack that is going to really keep your core body temperature cool in the heat and humidity. But before I do that, if this training has been helpful for you in mastering your summer running Please, if you're listening to this on the podcast, copy the link, share it with a friend. If you're listening on YouTube, like just hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Make sure you get other running tips and turn on notifications um, so you can stay updated on any future videos that's going to really help you in your running journey. And this will just allow me to continue creating content just like this and allow other runners continue to really doing what they love and enjoying lifelong injury-free running all the weeks throughout the year, despite what the weather is outside. So it'd mean the world to me if you guys can do that. Um, hit that like button, please, and thank you. Here we go. Tip number five. Final tip is to use a headband and put chapstick on your eyebrows. So I actually just found, so I have a bunch of like cotton kind of spark healthy runner headbands that I have. If you've seen any of my um, pics on social, you've definitely seen me in those headbands, but I actually just found this headband at Lulu when uh, my daughter and I were shopping there in Savannah. Um, and I just love all things Lulu. But besides that, um, the headband, I love it because it's breathable. It's, it's got these like borders on the side, the top and the bottom, which help trap a little sweat, like almost acts like gutters for your house. And it's a little bit more lower profile than my other one. So this was great because you can even fit this under your hat um, to help trap in a little bit more sweat. And then the chapstick on the eyebrows, I got to give credit where credit is due. Coach Whitney on our team um, has shared this one multiple times on the podcast, but 
you want to definitely get the original, the OG chapstick, not the flavored, because then you're going to probably attract some like, you know, bugs everywhere uh, attracted to the fruity scent. Um, but throw these on your eyebrows. That's what I do um, in the morning. Sometimes you'll see some of my pics. You see like this white stuff in my eyebrows. It's chapstick. And it's when the sweat kind of gets in, it kind of traps it. If you stop running, the sweat's going to go in your eye. I'm not going to lie. This isn't like going to stop all sweat from ever going in your eye. But as long as you keep moving and you keep running, usually I rarely have sweat that goes into my eye. So if you've ever had sweat in your eye and you've been stung by the sweat. And the other thing is if it stings a lot, then that means you are a salty sweater. So going back to what we talked about earlier, um, finding out if you're a salty sweater and needing to replenish with sodium. Um, if it super stings your eye every time you sweat, when it goes into your eye, then that means you are a salty sweater. So that's tip number five. So now the one hack, um, and this is like key, and I've shared this once before, I believe, on the podcast, probably when I was talking about kind of long runs before my marathon last year, because it was key for me during my summer runs. And these past three weeks has been super key, clutch um, for me. And the run in Florida that I mentioned, the run in Maryland that I mentioned, um, where it's 75 degree dew point, 79 degree dew point. The biggest thing is, right, if you ever think about like your face getting all flushed and red, you're on a run and it's just so hot and humid, like it's hard to keep going. You got to cool that core body temperature down. One of the best ways to do that is ice cubes inside your hat. So actually this headband was really clutch as well with this border because I stuck ice cubes all throughout the headband, all around my head. And then I put ice cubes in the, in the hat and put it on my head, spread them out a little bit. It looks a little silly because the hat's a little higher on your head, but then that ice just melts and it just really cools you down quickly. You know, you can also put ice in the back of your neck. I've heard in your armpit area, your axilla, or even in your groin. Um, I've heard those are like the areas that help cool your core body temperature down fairly quickly, especially if you do feel like, hey, I'm starting to get like heat exhaustion here. I don't want to get heat stroke, right? Um, and Steph talks about some of those things, by the way, in um, that episode as well. But ice, it's key. So what I do for this, guys, is I plan my run strategically that I can stop in a McDonald's, a Panera, um, back at the hotel. That's what I did in Maryland. I strategically did my five mile easy warm up, stop back at the hotel. They had those great ice machines and it was nice to just get inside for a little AC, filled up my water bottle again because I needed to refill, put ice in the water again because I need to do that again, and then put the ice on my head. After I was done with those intervals in the middle of the long run, I went back for another because I was struggling at that point, right? Like, you know, I went through those intervals. It was hard. It was hard to get through them. And I was starting to get overheated, but I still had four more miles to go. So went back to the hotel, ice again, cool me down. Those last three miles felt amazing. And it was a total 14 mile run for me, but I felt like I can go another three. And it was late. Like I didn't listen to that first tip I shared because I was too big. I wasted too much time, unfortunately, driving around Maryland, trying to find a running route uh, that morning. So it was late and it was super sunny. It, I was out on the pavement. There was not a lot of shade. Um, you know, it was kind of in this like newer hotel, restaurant, you know, place 
developed in Aberdeen, but then I found kind of downtown area and found great sidewalks all around. So I was safe from cars, but there wasn't a ton of shade, unfortunately. So I was really starting to get like overheated that ice. Oh my goodness. It, it, it felt amazing. So if you have not tried this yet, you need to try ice in your hat. If you're not a hat person, cause I never was a hat person, honestly, um, for my runs. And I just like the sun and, you know, I, I don't want anything to block my view, but if you're not concerned about protecting the top of your head or just shading your face while you're running, I would recommend taking a hat simply for the purposes of literally being able to store ice inside the hat to keep you cool for those long runs. I think that is the key to success for getting in hard marathon training long runs during the summer months in heat and humidity. All right. So recapping your five must know tips for running in hot and humid weather. Number one was, let me, I'm actually, I jotted down some notes here. I have to scroll all the way back. Number one was to actually stay salty, right? Number two was freeze your gels and put ice in your water bottles. Number three, get out early, go on effort and seek out shade. Number four was protect your skin and eyes using sunscreen, sunglasses, and a hat. And then number five was the old chapstick trick, as well as use a headband. And then our hack was to put ice in your headband and in your running hat. So hopefully those five tips were helpful for you. And hopefully just sharing some of my kind of three-week journey here um, down the East Coast uh, was helpful just to kind of give some perspective and help you out during your runs and to tell you honestly that it is possible to continue your training to get in your, your hard efforts, to get in those long runs that you need for half marathon or marathon training during the summer months, during the hotter weather, you just need to plan and you need to be smart about it, right? So I'm not saying go out there and do dangerous stuff and like overtax your body. But honestly, if you follow these five tips and this one hack, you're going to feel like these runs are actually doable. And you're going to feel like you could go further. Like I felt for my run last Saturday when I felt like I could have done another four miles. Um, so if you need some clarity, focus on how to like specifically modify your run plan to add some of these elements in, or you need specific strength and recovery exercises, then you can get the guidance from, you know, one of the coaches on our team within our coaching program. That's exactly what we do. We teach you how to grow as a runner to not only crush your running goal, but avoid feeling frustrated because if you get injured and you're not getting faster, then, you know, that is not good. And we don't want to see that for you. We don't want you to be frustrated. We act as your guide in mastering the six key steps to growing in your running journey with mindset, strength training, structured run plan, nutrition, recovery, and race strategy. All of those are key, guys. You can't just get a coach that just gives you a run plan. That's only one element of the six steps to growing as a runner. So if you want to get the structure from our team, all you need to do is just go to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching. Learn more about our coaching program. If it looks like a good fit for you, then schedule a call on my calendar. You and I will hop on a call. We're going to make sure it's a good fit, that you're a good fit for the program. We're a good fit for what you're looking for. 
And then we talk about, you know, next steps to kind of get started and really getting some clarity and structure so you can actually stay healthy, enjoy running again, and really master those six steps to growing as a runner so you can build that strong house that we talk about, right? That's all I have for you guys today. I hope this was helpful for you to crush the rest of your summer running. And if you learned anything from today's episode, I would greatly appreciate if you can share it with a running friend. Copy the link wherever you're listening to it. Share it with a running friend. Or if you have any tips or any of the places I mentioned and you are running in those cities, like copy this, tag me in social media at Spark Healthy Runner. I would love to see what you've got out of this episode. And if I just missed you and I was running in your neighborhood, as always, let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running. Until next time. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. If you found this content valuable, here's five ways we can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkhealthyrunner. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner on Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash spark healthy runner. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more experts in the running field and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple podcast or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner so you can maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and just keep running. Lastly, if you've been struggling with the constant injury cycle, not eating the right foods for running, or not getting faster as a runner, and you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner, head to sparkhealthyrunner.com to apply for a one-on-one signature coaching program. Thank you again. I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening and sharing this podcast with a running friend who can use the help. Now go and crush your run today. See you next week.